We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into episode 118 of McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCrady. That is Tyler Siski here on this Tuesday afternoon. What we it hope, is. We hope all of you are well. We uh, thank you for being here. And uh, Tyler, how are you? You know, for this very special occasion, Neil, I'm rolling with the rainstorm peach nectarine. It's your favorite. It is my favorite. It mm-hmm. is peach in a can. If you like peach stuff, which I know you're not a big peach guy, you're okay, peach. Well, I have I have flashbacks with flashbacks. From you have peaches, PSD. I do have peach PSD. Peach P, is it PPSD? PPSD. Peach yep. post traumatic stress disorder. Okay. All right. <laughs> but this is a peach in a can, and it's delicious. Very sweet. I would like to. You know what? I'm, my next thing is I need to put a little alcohol in this thing on the weekend. Think yeah, you would, do that. I think it would be a good, a good, be good. A little good mixer. We're brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel. 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. So please check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more and to tell them how much you appreciate them sponsoring our show through all of our trials and tribulations. Uh, as always, Cooper Chevrolet chat is bumping. And remember, it's truck season. It has been extended at Cooper Chevrolet through October the 16th. This might be your last chance to get a super low 3.9% financing for 72 months on the new Chevy Silverado crew cabs and no payments for 90 days. Check them out. Cooper Chevrolet, Buick, and Anniston. Go to cooperchevrolet.com for more details. So, obviously, uh, you can note by the fact that you're at MPW Digital right now and um, not at Disrupt that we are no longer with Disrupt. We're back at MPW MPW Digital. I think we did... 18, 19, 20 we shows. We did 21 shows. 21 shows. You're a better counter than I am. I did a lot of counting recently. Um, so we did 21 shows there. Uh, we moved back. Um, I posted a big uh, post about this at rebelgrove.com. In the event that you are a rebelgrove.com subscriber, you can read the whole thing there. I went into 
as much detail as I felt comfortable going into. I like being transparent with people. You know that. I do. Um, I like trying to tell it like it is as much as is possible without upsetting people and upsetting relationships because I value the relationships that I have over there. I still do. They're friends. Um, I'll give you the uh, very quick version of why because I know people want to know and I think we deserve you deserve to know. Um, when we first talked about this more than a year ago, kind of left it there. It was good. And about a year later, and back in July, got approached about it again. And the next round has done a phenomenal job of building a brand in a pretty short period of time. I think they're like two years old. And they've got roughly 17,000 YouTube subscribers, which is hard. It's hard to build YouTube. It really is. It's hard to monetize YouTube. Very difficult. Um, they did it. And... Um, yeah, we're in the Clark Ford Studios. Let's take care of that. Clark Ford Studios, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for my friend Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662 662- Two five seven nineteen hundred. I also need to mention now that we're back on MPW, and I forgot <laughs> that this uh, show is presented by Twisted Tea. I'll tell you more about Twisted Tea in a moment. Just part of the fun stuff of going back and forth. It is. <laughs> just bear with us. Yes. Yes. Just, just bear with us. I've got that that thing. You know, so that we used to have it. I'll, I'll, I've got a. It is what it is. It is boys. what it is. Um. So. They talked about us going over there, and so the question that I had consistently was, hey, everything's going to be in one place, right? And I was told it would be. And I think in their world, in their mind, it was. In my mind, the way that I saw it, after having built MP- having helped build MPW, I didn't do it by myself. Other people were very involved with it too, Chase Parham, Jeffrey Wright, lots of people. Um, it's not what I would have if I were in charge over there, it's not what I would do. I would put everything in one uh, YouTube channel. I'd put everything on one um, podcast feed, and I'd make it very convenient for people, right? People like one-place shopping. They just do. One of the reasons Amazon's so damn successful. It's one of the reasons Target and Walmart and stuff are very successful. People like being able to go to one place. Don't forget Bucky's. Bucky's. That's a great example. Um, I've used a couple of examples to prove it here. Um, one is that rebelgrove.com, part of the Rivals Network, where prices never change, um, even though they probably should because right now these things are still another subject for another day. Um, <laughs> we have the Grove, which is for, you know, sports content, and then we have the Square, which is for, like, if you want to talk about politics or whatnot, there's a lot going on in the world right now. People are talking about stuff that's happening in the world beyond Monday Night Football. or the I've heard. NLDS, right? I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. I've heard. And so to get to the square, it's very simple. It's a drop-down menu. You hit one time. I mean, you're talking a second and a half of your day. Boom, there you are. People don't like doing that. People don't like going to – we tried it. I remember we started a show called The Beer Garden at one point. We built a separate channel for it. It never resonated. We moved it to MPW. Boom, numbers. 
Here's the best example. In 2020, summer of 2020, when we realized, hey, we were going to have a football season, but everything was going to be on Zoom, right? There was going to be no access. All of Kiffin's post-game was going to be on Zoom. You couldn't you could go to the game, but going to the game just didn't – you weren't going to get any any access that you wouldn't – you understand my point. Everything was on Zoom. And so we're like, so, hey, let's just live stream everything. Let's just li- – let's do a pregame show. Let's live stream during the game. Let's do a postgame show. Let's come up with other content. And one of the things that I came up with just kind of out of the blue was a show with my daughter Campbell and Greg Jones with LB's Meat Market. They're just going to pick games. Okay. Well, now listen, I love Campbell. And, Careful what you say here. And I love Greg. <laughs> They're great. They're awesome. It's a funny little show. And what we did with it was we put it, um, we debut it on like Thursday night. And then on Saturday during the lead up to the pregame show, I'd stream it again because people were just so, remember, everybody was like, yeah. Football, we've got it. We thought we weren't going to have it. We didn't have it for the whole month of September, basically. If I recall correctly, the first weekend of games September was like... September 20th. Yeah, it was like September. I thought it was later than that. I think the SEC didn't start till September the 27th or something like that. So, I mean, we went a long time. We were used to having football, and we didn't have football. And when football came, Ole Miss opened with Florida, I believe. And everybody was just like, woo, football, right? And so we just took advantage of that. And I aired that show. Well... Again, I love those people. I love the show. She's my daughter, for God's sake. I mean, I, I adore her. But if I put a separate standalone podcast channel for what was then the butcher versus the spin instructor, it's now the butcher versus the dance instructor because my daughter Caroline has stepped in for Campbell now that Campbell's in her professional life. If I put a standalone audio feed for that on a podcast channel, it might get 10 listens. Seriously, 12 maybe, maybe less maybe a couple more, it, it, it would not reach triple digits. Yeah. It gets thousands every week. It reaches a demographic that we struggle to reach. It Females like that show. I, I, can, I can support that. Right. With numbers, I can support it anecdotally. I can support it statistically. If I put that in a standalone place, it would not do well. Nobody would watch it. Nobody would listen. It wouldn't resonate. It wouldn't work for Greg. Instead, it works for Greg. It's a funny show. Greg's got a funny personality. He's, it's a fun show. People watch it. I can position it. I can stack it where it is between and he has things. The best stakes in town. LB's meat. He market. does. He does have 2008 University Avenue in Oxford. Um, but you, you get my point, right? You get my point. Yep. And so that's the way I kind of viewed it. And as things became obvious that we were on a standalone podcast channel that I had no access to, I didn't know what our numbers were. Probably weren't good. Um, and I could see it just made no sense. And so we moved back. I mean, I tell my kids all the time, don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to fail. And it would be really hypocritical if I never took chances myself because I was afraid to fail. And so we tried, you swung, we missed sometimes. Well, I see it a little bit differently on that. Sometimes people swing and miss and it's okay. Yeah, I still see it a little bit differently. I mean, we had what? 21 shows. Yeah. There are 132 shows on that channel. I didn't know if you were knew this or not, but our show was ranked one through 21 of those 132. I did not know that, but now, you know, okay. Every episode is ranked one through 21. So I don't, here's the deal. And look, I like all those guys over there. Um, I text back and forth with him actually today with Lance. Um, 
I really like Lance. Um, he was he's a real one. He got everything. He he was he listened. That's what I appreciated most is he listened. Um, so I appreciate that. But uh, my view, I'm trying. I can probably talk better than I can type it. <clears throat> so I was I had no idea there was a thing called disrupt media. Literally until the announcement was made. That was the I I learned about disrupt media when the fans learned about it. So I was a little bit in the dark with it. Um, and then when we wasn't all on the same channel, it just made no sense for us to take a show that has this much audience to a show that has, we're starting from scratch. We, if we were going to do that, we would have started our own channel called McCready and Siski channel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You sure. Before we did anything else. But, uh, I don't have any, it was just a miscommunication. I think on all, I all parts, yeah, there misunderstanding. Was, but, I, I don't believe there was any intentional misleading. I just think it was a miscommunication. And then once we had a chance to reevaluate where it was, it was like, well, this doesn't make as much sense as I thought it did. And when, when we, when I, when, excuse me, a week into the deal, when we figured out really what the deal was, because the first week we were the only show on there. And then when other programming started coming on there, we started figuring out what was going on. I wanted to give it a chance to see, hey, let's just, we, we've, we're in, let's see what happens. You did. I hit the panic button early. You did. On that. And then I said, let's give it a chance, see what happens. Um, and then as time moved on, we started meeting and started figuring uh, out what was best for us in the show and all that stuff. But glad to be back. Yep, for sure. Um, and then look there. <laughs> we, this channel was monetized, so we got a super <laughs> chat. How about that? We got a super chat. We just made $4.99 more than we've made the last six weeks. Look at there. Here we go. All right, Austin, Super Chat, appreciate you. All I have to say is this. No offense to anyone on Disrupt, but they lost their best content. Thank you. That was very, very nice of you. But look, those guys are good dudes. The people that do shows on Disrupt are good people. Absolutely. There's nothing. It's not a, it's not a, there's no animosity. I, I like all those guys. I wish I could get a Daniel Jeremiah show on MPW Digital because I'd yeah. put it there, boy, big time. Yeah. Brock Heward. Peter Burns, all those guys. It's I, just a difference in philosophy and in, in business philosophy. It's not personal. It's difference in business. Hey, just like there are a lot of people that I call friends that are in the coaching business that we have different ways of doing things. They're sure. still my friend. Sure. They're of still course. my friend. Of course. Uh, some of them I don't like and I, and then don't do the same thing. Those are not my friends. There's, so I can separate personal from business. Mm -hmm. There's some people that I can't stand as human beings that I love them as football coaches. Of course. Okay. So I can separate. I'm good at that. I am too. So – but it's nothing – I really like these guys. Uh, this is more just a disagreement with uh, business philosophy as far as that and, and growing the show. But uh, no animosity on, on our end whatsoever. Uh, Dwight, I'll answer your question. <clears throat> what was the incentive to go to Disrupt? Uh, it was twofold. One, it was the potential, based on what we believed the numbers would be, to really monetize the show in a way that we've been unable to monetize it previously that was number one well, we thought we were going to the next round we thought we were going to the next round we thought we were going to be on the same <clears throat> channel with them and have their numbers which would allow that us has to three really times the numbers of what this one which would really allow us to boost our numbers which would then allow the show to be sold we were there there was a lot of that so that was that was a big part of it and then the second part of it was uh from a career standpoint for me i viewed it as an opportunity to build my brand as a person as a reporter as a broadcaster as a podcaster or whatever the hell i am um i viewed it as an opportunity to, to build that out very transparent about that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that's anything that I should apologize for, and, and I don't. So, well, really, what if we, anything, you know, there's a lesson from, and, and my wife will tell you this from earlier in our lives when we were down in Mobile in when was that, Tyler? 1999, 2000, 2001, 2002. When in, I was down there, or you were down there. 
when I was down there. Yeah, you were down there before I was. Yeah, I was down there in those times. And, uh, in fact, I had Tom Murphy on uh, an Oxford Exxon podcast extra last week. Tom covers Arkansas for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. He used to cover Alabama for the Mobile Register back when I covered Auburn for the Mobile Register. And then I became a SEC reporter or whatever. And Tom and I won a national award for investigative reporting. We're the ones that <laughs> – do you know that? Yes. But the Mike Price stuff? Every time that comes up in my head, you know what goes through my head, right? I just visualize every time this comes up. I, the I'm, strip club? I'm fucked up about this, okay? Okay. All right. Every time is you going in, and I can see you sitting down writing your expense report, writing yeah. off tips to the stripper. I did. <laughs> did you really, though? I did. You wrote off tips to the stripper. Yeah, it was one of the funniest things I've ever done in my life. And the some she of the, wouldn't answer for a dollar. I had to give her five. Well, I explained literally. <laughs> I explained they they won't do a private thing without you paying like ten bucks. <laughs> and you had to keep giving ones. It was to, a ten dollar VIP strip club. It was it was cheap. Dude, that that, that now, this explains was, a lot. This was twenty something years <laughs> hey, ago. That explains a lot. It tells you a that lot. Tells right? you a lot right there. That should have been the headline of the story. Everybody been like, I get it, man. Ten dollars for a VIP dance. Anyway, <laughs> back in those days, you're just you are speaking of disrupt. You are disrupting the story. <laughs> um, back in those days, I I was in my early thirties. My career was really going great, and I had some opportunities yeah. to go to other places, and we didn't go because. My wife was worried about leaving the South and all of those things, and we let fear get in the way of making, of growing. That's bottom line. We let fear get in the way of growing, and I always told myself, I'm not going to do that again, and so I didn't, and, and I won't moving forward. I mean, I'm still going to be someone who, as long as I'm viable and active and healthy, I'm, I'm not going to uh, just go, okay, well, I'm... I'm just going to stop. I'm, that's not me. That's not who I want to be. It's not. Who, I, I, I made that mistake earlier in my life, and I'm, I, I'm kind of determined not to make it again. So that was the, that was the impetus for, uh, for, for giving it a shot. No, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it'll be all right. I mean, it's like it's, it is what it is. I mean, it's not – I didn't – didn't bother me a lick. But I would, you would give them a dollar. <laughs> the dollar would keep them there long enough to go, hey, I need to talk to you. And and that's where she would be like, look, I can't just sit here and talk to you if there's not money exchanging hands. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, how much do I got to pay for like you to talk to me throughout a song? And it was like ten bucks, twenty bucks. I don't remember. And I'd be like, well, all right, we're here. And so I'd, when I when I did the one thing, let me tell you this one thing. Lesson, lesson, boys and girls, they'll tell you anything at a strip club to keep the money flowing. Anything. You're like this is the this is the best source I've ever had. Well, <laughs> we had all this stuff from it was from Sammy's, and he'd been to Sammy's too before he went to Arity's Angels, which is where all the oh, everything went. That's down. where all the shenanigans went. Down? That's where it went down with the the back to the hotel and all two of the, everything. The Sammy's on the airport. Uh, Sammy's in, in, in Pensacola. Oh, in Pensacola, Pensacola, wherever the hell that was. All this went down in Pensacola. Oh, gotcha. Well, the people at Sammy's were telling us this story. I say the people, the the, the performers, <laughs> the workers, the workers, the, the employees, the the the, 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 the performers <laughs> would tell us these things, and I was never super comfortable with it. And I remember telling the people at the register, "We can't run this. It, <laughs> we we just can't." 
there's a I, I gotta have more confirmation. And sure enough, that was the right call because the a lot of what we were told at Sammy's did not transpire, which was interesting because of the things that we were told about Arides did transpire. But the source at Arides, and I feel like I can say this now, twenty some odd years later, I think statute limitations. When was that? Two thousand four. It's almost twenty years. I mean, it was before Mike Shula. Literally, it was two thousand four. I think. Um. Anyway, the the source on that was hotel employees who weren't paid by tips gotcha it was hotel people who were like hey this this happened you probably should talk to so and so and so and so and then after they told us they tried to come back and go hey that's all off the record i was like no the hell it is <laughs> no it's not you all right know. how did you... like, we're gonna lose our job and i'm like well i mean okay all right i want to ask you a question that we're all dying to know how in the hell did you like tell laura like did, did like i just told her i gotta go i had my job it was my job to and go she was like sure no she knew she believed me she knew. No, my wife would not. Would not. I'm just going to try that next. I mean, time. I'm going to tell you the third time. The the the, the, the funny story is. Hey, babe, we got to go to the strip club. Neil's got a live podcast. We're doing. I think I've been club. there. I think I've been three days in a row. I know I had three days in a row, and they wanted me to go back one more time. And I was like, "Y'all, I'm going to get killed." I mean, they were ready to kill me. I got kicked out the last time. I'm not going back in there. This is not. This is a little rough place too. It's like biker bar. Meet strip club. You look just like did. Were you, did you have bald hair back then? I mean, I was balding. Yeah, for sure. I I didn't fit. I mean, I didn't look. Do I look like a biker? <laughs> I mean, there's no part of me. If that, you could have gone bald head and put the cut on and some leather, some hey, I just, some assless chaps, you'd have fit right so, on in. Maybe so. All chaps are assless, <laughs> by the way. Um, <laughs> it just didn't fit. It, it was stupid. I looked dumb there. It was obvious that I was out of place, um, and they wanted me to go back and. They, uh, my producer at WNSP, Kerry Walker, went with me. Big, strong guy. And uh, they made me go back. I was furious about having to go back. Made you go back. No, dude. They were going to fire you if you didn't go? Well, I mean, it was my my employer, and we're trying to break this big story about the Alabama football coach. And they're like, go back one more time to get confirmation. What would you have done stuff. if Laura said, no, you can't go? I, I, she, You just don't know Laura. I know. I'm just saying. Laura would never have said that. Well, there are a lot of wives who would not have she done was, well with that. She, her concern was don't go get shot. Or okay. stabbed. Gotcha. Um, and Carrie, we went there the last time, and he was like, you got to get out of here. I'm like, I know. I'm, I'm getting out. I, I remember telling the paper, I'm not going again. Hey, do what you got to do. <laughs> Fire me, whatever. I'm, I'm not going back. I'm, I'm done. But by then, I think we had enough. We ran the story, and we won big awards, and it was a big story, and certainly one of the interesting moments in my career, no question about it. And how did we get on Mike Price, by the way? I have no idea. This thing is anyway off the rails like we usually do before we get to – Actual football stuff. Hey, did I tell you? Have I told? I haven't told you this, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to say his name because he is a my bachelor party. I had a bunch of uh, some football players there, and then my my dad, my dad was the sober one. Okay, so he was he was trying to. We went to an establishment in Greenville, South Carolina. Okay, okay, for my bachelor party, and. Um, I'm not going to say his name, but one, he knows who he is. He listens to our show, by the way. Um, he knows who he is. He's not the largest human being. He was not a, he was not a football player at the time. Okay. So he was not in shape. He was very – he was – let's just call him uh, Johnny Frat Boy 3.0. Okay. okay. I'm talking about, you know, 5'10", buck 50, and he's the guy that, you know, he would, he would go. He liked to scrap and all that stuff. So we got all these large individuals with us at the strip club and we're leaving. My dad's getting us out of there. We're all done. 
and and we had he had like a big uh like a passenger van or something he was driving us around in and uh said individual as we're leaving the strip club it's like two in the morning two or three in the morning my dad's sober he's trying to get and he's got his buddy is sober they're trying to get us all out of there trying to keep us out of trouble gets on this gets on a motorcycle gang had pulled up to the strip club and parked their bikes at the front door and he gets on the mo- he gets on the bike while they're like going in the bar they're not even in the bar they're like at the door and he gets on one of their bikes and starts going vroom vroom, vroom. oh no <laughs> i was like we're all gonna die we're all gonna get shot there's gonna be like a stab in here yeah well yeah my dad got us out of it that was a good one that was good that was a good one <laughs> All right, we've got a few minutes before Justin's going to call yep. in and join us. Um, so it's his comments last night. We'll touch on them real quick. We're probably not going to get to everything on this list today, by the way. We just, it's, today's it is what not going to happen. Um, he basically said, hey, look, Georgia bought a lot of good football players. You can do that now. And if we're going to get, I'm paraphrasing very yeah. loosely, if, if we're going to compete at that level, we're going to have to buy some of those players too. It has been a matter of time before a coach just put it out there following a loss that, hey, the reason we're losing to teams like this is they've got more, better players, and they've got more money to buy those players. It was a matter of time. He's probably not who I would have picked to say it, but the fact that he said it, it's interesting. There's been like two sets of reaction with, you can't say that, and people are like, well, he told the truth, and I'm on the, I'm on the ladder. He told the truth. They lost to Georgia because Georgia has better players, more better players. Now, Georgia recruits differently, and they can recruit differently, but let's not pretend that Georgia's getting all these kids to come to Georgia for the only reason that, hey, you get to be part of this program. Georgia has a a strong NIL program. Uh, They they use it well. There's kind of a line of demarcation that's going on, and, and, and this is happening in college football. And there, I get a question in my mailbag all the time. I got it one this week, and I, I get the question. It's a good question. It is essentially, and again, I'm paraphrasing, hey, Neil, what's the ceiling for Ole Miss, and what's the floor, right? That's that question. It's a hard question to answer because the game changes so rapidly. I would argue that the ceiling and the floor are different today than they were when you were the recruiting coordinator there <laughs> which was just five years right four years it's been four years and the don't point even, is don't even get me started well but it's changed well think about it though it's changed oh, i have it's changed because the rules have changed so yes. when people say well what's i would this? have loved my i would have loved loved an opportunity at nil this era right this era i would have loved it so my answer is well <clears throat> i think it's obvious for all the portal i think for Ole miss Today, obviously, the the ceiling is you make the playoffs. And once you make the playoffs, it's a playoff. Yeah, it's in. a tournament. And then it's about seeding and it's about who you play matchups and stuff. matchups and weather and whatever, right? Um, that's the ceiling. What's the floor? Hell, I don't know. I mean, I guess the floor is probably a deep floor based on if you are recruiting a lot of portal guys and things don't go well, there's a chance that a team kind of falls apart a little bit. That's probably a a year-to-year floor, probably has a little more depth to it than fans want to admit. The the question is at other places, though, right? Like, what's the the ceiling at Kentucky? I don't know. Yeah, I mean... I mean, what what does it take to get to the, the area where you are competing to make the playoff? Yeah, so the whole... I didn't know if you saw the whole... I'm sure you did. The... Response came from a call on this call. A caller basically called in and said, "Hey, as a longtime supporter, I'm, and I'm paraphrasing too, 
longtime supporter, what's it going to take us to get to the next level? And it was a actual, he said, you know, we, we kind of beat up on the mediocre competition. What do we got to do to step up to the next level? And I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah, sure. As I'm on team Mark Stoops here, I'm, I'm different than everybody else. I'm, the, I'm in the minority here. Cause I took that as a, as a, now, first of all, for the caller to call in and ask that question, good for him. He had nuts. At least he called and asked. Yeah, sure. And didn't do it on message board or whatever to take shots at the coach. Sure. Behind his back. At least he did it face to face. Yeah. So credit to that. But it pissed off. It pissed off Mark now. Now he was he was pissed, and he tried to handle it as good as he could while being pissed. But I could tell he was pissed. Um, you know, and I'm going. I can't wait. <clears throat> Until Justin gets in here, I got some actual media questions I'd like to ask. Uh, but the thing that I think we've talked about it a lot. I wish if I one thing is on day two of after I did away with the uh, one time free transfer, the second thing I would do is whether it's the collectives, and you don't even have to do the collectives, you can do the deals, making things transparent. Because think, and it's about baseball, right? It's the baseball analogy. Yeah. It's the reason the Mets are pissed off and firing everybody is because their payroll is a gazillion dollars and they're not winning. But everybody, you don't, nobody's pissed about the Pirates or, hell, we're celebrating the Orioles. If the Orioles lose in the playoffs, oh, it's, great it's season. a great season. Yeah, the question was, he was asked about winning only two SEC games against teams that finished with the winning record in the conference since he got to Kentucky. And right. he said, I don't believe that statistic you're saying is right, uh, but unfortunately, as this person points out, the caller was right. That's He's beaten two teams that have finished with the winning record in the conference against Kentucky. Here's Justin. There he is, right on, right on time. Oh, he's this, this dude's on a time. pro. Like, on time. Right, let me switch to our screen here. Did you tell him he was live once he comes in? <laughs> he's hearing it now. <laughs> Drop all the F-bombs you want. So I won't be alone. <laughs> Get him out. Hey, Justin. Justin Rowland uh, covers Kentucky for uh, Rivals.com. Appreciate your time. Uh, we were just talking about uh, some of the things you've written about uh, Mark Stoops yesterday. It was a pretty interesting conversation. I was reading your commentary on it, so I I'll let you – I'll give you the floor here. You said that's kind of out of character for him, yet I listened to it or read – I didn't listen. I read what he said, and I'm like – I don't have any problem whatsoever with what Stoop said in that in that uh, in that venue because I think he spoke truth. Yeah, he said some things that are definitely true. The question is, you know, what was that coming from? I think it was coming from a place of frustration that people are talking about what he hasn't accomplished as opposed to what he has accomplished. I mean, if you're shining the spotlight on why hasn't Mark Stoops done this? then your head is really not in a place of appreciating what he's done. That's probably what Stoop says. Now, he talked about some other things, too. He talked about fans need to pony up if they want to have more of the kind of players that Georgia has. And I think some people took that the wrong way because Kentucky fans have been very loyal over the years, and they're really at least partially on the hook for a football coach and a basketball coach that are combined making $18 million a year. Um, and they filled Commonwealth and now Kroger field for a long time when the program wasn't very successful. Uh, and so I think the fans are right to say the NIL is not a good excuse. Kentucky's recruiting better 
in the NIL era than they were before the NIL era. Um, and that's just an issue of scarcity. Like Kentucky's always dealt with the, the reality of scarcity in college football, small, small state population, not a lot of talent to draw from compared to the schools in the deeper South. Um, not as much fan support. It's been historically a basketball school. NIL is just going to be another scarcity era that uh, area that they have to, to deal with. But I thought it was out of character in, in saying Georgia just bought a, a bunch of good players. You know, Georgia was getting good players before NIL. And is it true? Yeah, it's probably true. But Kentucky's never going to have a roster like that. And maybe Stuart should just come out and say it. If you want a roster like that, if you want a team like that, find a different program to cheer for. Wow. I like that. Go after it. I like it. All right, I got a, I got a question for you. Um, I was excited you were on here today because uh, I actually – I'm not a media guy, so I get to act, pretend like I'm a media guy yeah. to ask a media question here. All right, so in today's world of NIL – and the and the market is trying to be set, but it's having a difficult time. But it's trying to. Can a program like Kentucky, and I consider Kentucky to be one of the top, 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 top echelon basketball schools, top four for I mean, sure, for sure easy. maybe top two, maybe yeah, top one, easy, right? Can a in in the modern times when you're not basically if you're not Texas A and M, you're not USC, and you're not Texas, who have more money than they can shake a stick at, can you fund? Uh, more than one nationally competitive uh, programs in today's world? I don't know. That's a great question. And it speaks to attention at Kentucky and attention probably everywhere where the university has its donors that it expects to get money from. And John Calipari has his preferred donors that he expects to get money from. And Mark Stoops is competing for many of those same donors. And, you know, the Crafts, Kelly Craft just ran for, for governor and she lost the Republican primary. And Joe Craft has his name on the football facility there. And they've been very good to the football program. And I know Joe Craft is really into the football stuff. But there, I think there is some tension between football and basketball, because every time one of these Kentucky coaches gets dragged into it, you just see the basketball side of the fan base activated and they get really energetic about it. And the same is true when Calipari is in the crosshairs. So they're doing as well. I mean, when I zoom back and I look at where Kentucky's athletics program is, I think the athletics director has done a phenomenal job. 100%. I mean, John Calipari has been there for a long time, not the best last few years, but it's John Calipari. And Mark Stoops has given Kentucky their best run of football success since Bear Bryant. But what I think has people concerned is when they scrap the divisional format next year and Texas and Oklahoma come in, it's going to reveal how advantageous it was to build and play in the East. And the whole question is, the, the question that was posed to Stoops or the comment was, why have you only beat two teams with a winning record in the SEC? And it's a factually accurate, accurate statement but there aren't many teams that finish above 500 in the SEC, certainly not many in the West or in the East because the West has won so many of those interdivisional games. Um, and so really you're just saying, why hasn't he beat Georgia, Alabama, or Tennessee last year? Yeah. Where I think the fair criticism is they have not been all that competitive in games against legit top 15 teams since they beat Florida in the swamp back in 2018. So I think that the, the criticism has some validity to it, but it's really just people concerned. Can Stoops really get us in the mix for the 12-team playoff 
when that comes next year. Uh, and that's an open question, but he's cleared all the hurdles so far, so he gets a chance to to clear this one too. Wow. That's the see. That's the ceiling question. That's the question I was just referring to, Justin. I was saying I get this yeah. in my mailbag every week. Ole Miss fans will say, "Hey, what's the ceiling for Ole Miss football?" Well, you know, and and then what's the floor? And I'm always like, I don't really know what the floor is because that's a weird thing to even try to think about. But the ceiling is clearly make the playoff, and then after that, it's a crapshoot. But I don't know. And this is to your point. I don't know how many programs realistically can even talk about making the playoff. Like Arkansas was here this last weekend, and I talked to some of the Arkansas guys who've covered Arkansas for forever, right? Bob Holt and Tom Murphy and Wally Hall and guys who've covered Arkansas since. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We invented the car. And, <laughs> and they're all like, you know, there's a lot of money in men's basketball right now. Musselman's done a really good job of, of developing connections to big donors. I think the Tyson people, I think they give exclusively to basketball and not a dime to football. Well, if you want to compete in football, you got to get some of those dollars. And if you get those dollars in football, maybe you rise, you raise the, the ceiling a little bit, but do you get it to playoff level? And in doing that, do you take away from a basketball program that's been pretty damn competitive? I mean, Arkansas is in that tier right underneath, right? Kentucky yeah. and Duke and Carolina and such. I mean, they're right there. I mean, they're very competitive in basketball. The last three years, they've gone Elite Eight, Elite Eight, Sweet 16. So if you take that away from him, do they fall back to, hey, we're occasionally making the tournament? We're, you know, like before Musselman, they were, they kind of become mediocre in basketball. Do, so how does that work? I, I, think it's, I think it's a question at Ole Miss, right? If you pour all the money into football, what does that do to basketball? What does that do to baseball? And is that worth it? And I think that's a question that only fans can answer. I can't answer that question. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, and I know you and I haven't met, but I'm a big Mark Stoops fan. Huge. Okay. And uh, don't, we're not friends. I, we know each other through other people. John Summerall is one of my real good friends. 
Uh, but so I know he's worked for him, all that stuff. I, so we kind of know Eddie Grand's a good friend of mine. So I kind of know him that way, right? But a big fan of what he's done at Kentucky and where I think Kentucky and the fan, I, I had no problem with what Mark said. I didn't personally. And that's just me. Um, I know I'm in the minority on that, but um, I think he's gotten to a place at Kentucky, in my opinion, that a lot of coaches get into. Dabo has gotten to, into it at Clemson. You you have success at a place that hasn't had success in a while when you get there, and the bar it just keeps getting reset, and he's never going to be – and he's met every benchmark for the last 10 years. He's met every benchmark. And barring some kind of – you know, and bar, barring some kind of national tragedy, he's going to get to his eighth consecutive bowl game at uh, at Kentucky. All right, the other before Mark Stoops in the history of Kentucky football, if my math's right, I think they've been to fifteen total before Mark Stoops, and he's going to eight consecutive, and so he's reset this bar to where hey, there you know now it's like it's almost like hey. If he can, he do what basketball's done. You know, does that make sense? Like he's reset this bar yeah. with the Kentucky fan, and like I, I think he's done a great job. I think they do the best job in this league, in my opinion. I think they've done the best job in this league. One of developing culture. Okay, they recruit guys that fit what they do, and they develop players because they're not beating, they're not winning the recruiting battles. You know what I'm saying? And and what you said before with the NIL, I was laughing. I say NIL has been around a long time. It's just inflation has hit NIL. That's the difference. When when yeah. when NIL hit, it was really just inflation. But NIL has been around a long time. Yeah, he. Um, I agree with everything you guys have said. Um, it's like imagine if you're 300 pounds and you want to go on a diet. You lose <laughs> the first 50 pounds are going to come off a lot easier than to get down to like 160 with six percent body fat. And that's the hoop that Stoops is trying to jump through here at the end. It's just a much harder step to take. Talked about the playoff. I think Ole Miss fans certainly realistically can aim for the playoff. There's no reason Ole Miss can't be in a 12-team playoff. It's not going to be easy, but that's an aspirational goal. I think it's a little more complicated for Kentucky because of some of the recruiting realities um, that they face. But they're, they're in as good a spot as people who are reasonable could hope for. Um, yeah, I think winning 10 games at Kentucky a couple of times is probably similar to what Josh Heupel did at Tennessee last year. For instance, you mentioned culture. I think that's harder to maintain in the NIL and the portal era because you're not getting your hands on somebody for three, four years and acclimating them at your pace. And you, it's really, you get a guy into a program and you got to rush him in and he's got expectations and nobody knows him. And that clubhouse is harder to maintain. The locker room is harder to keep happy. Um, it's got to be more of a money ball approach, kind of like the Oakland A's back in the day, where let's say the average SEC West team is putting $8 million into NIL in their roster in a given year. And if Kentucky only has $4 million to put into its roster in a given year, you can still win under those circumstances. But you're, the, the players that you're putting money into have to perform at a high level. And, you know, we're not going to get into, like, how much players are actually making but Devin Leary was a big investment for Kentucky this offseason, and he has not performed up to the level that people thought he was going to be at. Let's say you've got just hypothetical amount, 500 grand that you could give to, we want a playmaker. Well, if that's going to Wandale Robinson, 
the best route runner in the country, that looks like a great investment. But if your investment goes to Barry on Brown, who's a great straight line runner, but doesn't know how to get off separation at the line of scrimmage, that's a huge impact on what you're getting from your investment. And some years it's going to work out. I just think NIL and the portal just make college football totally unpredictable. Agreed. Year to year. because You're bringing in 12 to 15 guys and nobody has the bird's eye view to compare these rosters and the roster changes that's taking place and to know what the finished product is going to look like. It's just a guessing game. You know, And what, that probably goes for the coaches in each program. You know what's funny? I thought I said this today. We were discussing this in, in uh, my office today my, in my day job. Did you know that Ole Miss has more money for the amount of money that Ole Miss is spending on quarterbacks not playing on Saturdays? So quarterbacks two through yeah. four, you could have purchased four Cam Newtons for. Did you know that? Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> Their prices. Wow. Everything goes. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, you could have got four, four Cam Newtons. You'd be good. For what you're paying players not to play. Yeah, and, and I've heard from people who who would know that one of Kentucky's problems this year is not just the, the lack of NIL compared to a Texas A&M, but it's they've got too much money invested in guys that aren't even playing yet. And you know that creates ill will. It creates frustration. There's pressure to play the guys that have a lot of money invested in them, if they're even if they're not ready. It's just if I was a coach that had done it as long as Stoops, I would want to get the heck out of the sport as quickly as possible. So I was going to, it's a totally different thing. Yeah. I was going to ask you this and we'll let you go. Cause <laughs> I told you I wouldn't keep you more than 10 minutes and here we are on 15. Oh, sorry. Um, there's always talk about Stoops and where Stoops will leave. Will he go to Iowa? Will he go to wherever? Is this perhaps a, a, a glimpse into some of his frustration or was this just an isolated thing and he's still perfectly happy at Kentucky? I think Stoops has a pretty level head, but sometimes when he gets upset, it comes out, but then it kind of it simmers. And I think at the end of the day, he knows that you're a top 10 coach in pay. $9 million a year, and you're not going to get fired for going seven and five. So when people make the case that Kentucky might be the best job in the country, that's the point they're making. Nobody else is going to make 9 million, go seven and five, eight and four and have a job on. I mean, you would still have built in contract extensions. I thought for winning seven games. Yeah. If he, so if he bolts, give me a shot. <laughs> if he bolts, give me a call. What's that? If he bolts, give me a call. I'll shoot you my number. We'll, we'll get it taken care of. <laughs> Well, the next guy is going to start a lot lower than that, That's fine. which is why it's not I'll take the half. best job. But <laughs> I'll take half. He, uh, he, um, I, I, is he going to go to Iowa? I don't know. I mean, he, he's not from Iowa. He doesn't have connections there. It's totally different people. 30 years later, I think he's just going to ride it out at Kentucky. And, but when did Bob Stoops retire? He didn't wait that long to retire. I don't think Stoops is probably going to be coaching for another 10, 15 years. He probably has a few left and then he'll have a lot of money in the bank. Buddy, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. You're the best. Big, thanks, big man. Big fan. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I think he'll ride it out. You know, I, th I heard all the Iowa talk and all that stuff. I would, I would ride it out until you can't ride it out. You but here's the thing, and he touches on this. This is the part that, man, we, do, we don't, we in the media, so I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me and we in the media. This is a, we struggle with this stuff. Um, we know things that are happening behind the scenes. Um, we know how how tumultuous things are, or we hear how tumultuous things are, how 
tenuous things are. I said this about Ole Miss. I'll talk about Ole Miss for a minute. We use them as an example. To, to what Justin was saying is, and I think I'm right when I say this. Like for Ole Miss, the what is the what's the ceiling? The, the playoff. What is the floor? It's, it's, on a year to year basis, the floor is a deep floor. Like the floor is deep because I, I believe what I'm about to say. I really do. We'll never know, right? I believe had Ole Miss lost to LSU, I believe they would have lost to Arkansas. I do. I believe that. Yeah. We'll never prove it. People can disagree with me. Feel free to disagree with me. It's just a belief. I believe because of the chemistry issues. Chemistry. The stuff in the locker room is is just always on a fine. Right. It's just a, a tight wire. And it's a tight. I mean, it's a I mean, snug I, league too. I know specific <laughs> I know, margins. I know specifics. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there there I believe you. I, I, there are specifics where it would have been. It would have been tumultuous. Okay. No. And so, but now when you win, it's that, all good, baby. that stuff simmers. It just simmers. It does, it, it, in, in a, in a, maybe even in a good way. It creates a competition. It creates a, a, a healthy tension. Yes. Now, if you lose and things blow up, it really blows up. And then you have to kind of figure out how to reset it and who do you run off and who, what, who do you bring in and all of those different things. And this is where the, the the superpowers that don't really depend on the portal they 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 bake their cake yes with their own players and they make their own frosting and they use the portal to put some fancy decoration on the cake to maybe add some sprinkles to to do some firework show around it to make it look fancy and stuff if if you've got to use the portal to bake the cake too. That damn thing's going to be a little weird sometimes, and so I think I think that's what's happened. I don't I don't have any problem at all with what Stoop said. What he what he did was he spoke basically of this is the modern era, and here's what's interesting about the portal. We talk about the portal a lot, and I think I think it's important to point this out with Kiffin. Right? Is that Kiffin? If let's say this team goes ten and two at Ole Miss this year, with that schedule, it's a hell of an accomplishment if they get there. Well, people around the country are going to look at it and go, that is how you build. Portal. Well, when everybody jumps into the portal even more, the cost of portal goes up. So you got to have more money to continue to build the roster the way that Lane built this one, right? And if you do hit on high school kids and they play, you're going to have to pay more to keep them. You have to, Yeah, everything gets more expensive. Everything gets expensive. Which gets back to the point I was making. And he, he, You got it at Kentucky, at, at Arkansas, at, at Ole Miss. If you have to pour all of the money into football, is there anything left for basketball? Is there anything left for basketball? In a school like Ole Miss where baseball is so important. Yeah, is there anything left for baseball? Or and LSU then, and then, baseball is important. And then so what happens is the – Coaches in those sports, at some point, they get frustrated and they say the quiet part out loud, which is, "Look, I mean, we can't. I, I can't compete with Kentucky in basketball because we don't have the resources to get the players necessary to compete against those guys." And then, how do fans respond to that when the coaches say it out loud? Because we're not used to the out loud part getting. We're not used to the quiet part getting yeah. said out loud. When they say, hey, look, this is the cost of business, right? I mean, there's a lot of frustration at Ole Miss last year coming off a national championship in baseball when they struggled. And that, the only reason they struggled was not NIL, but they lost on some NIL in large part because they were late getting to it, but also because the prices go up. And now that the prices are super high, you saw LSU basically buy a title. The prices are high. If you don't have 
you don't have the money to do it, you don't have the money. It's not play money. It's not like it's, it's not like the federal government just print print some <laughs> print some coin, right? We just hey, here's here's another sixty billion. Go for it. It's not like that. Um, it, it's it's interesting. That's it's that part that's fascinating to me as yeah. we kind of go forward. Yep. All right. Let's let's jump into the SEC preview for the week. All right. All right. So we got one, two, three, four. We got six games in SEC this week. Okay. Uh, had several people with bye weeks. Uh, Georgia is going to Vandy. Georgia is favored by 31 and a half points. Let me tell you something. Big week for Georgia. And I'm not talking about, we all know they're, they're going to win the game. Yeah, because they have an open date after this. The big week. But can you repeat what those last two teams did? The last two teams, besides the one game really against Missouri, they didn't play with their food a lot. They came in. It looked like what they did with Kentucky last week. Yeah. All right. Can they not play with their food and show up and take care of business and not because they they were they were ready to play last week. That was that was vintage Georgia. Yeah, I say looked, vintage as the last two years. They were that was Georgia. That looked like top top line Kirby Smart Georgia. Yeah, that was good stuff. Mm-hmm. Can they repeat that? Which they're they're no danger of losing this game, but can they go in there and just do what they do like a fifty to nothing? You know, just slaughter my gut feeling is yes <clears throat> yeah i know they can will they that's the my question. gut feeling is yes yeah and if they do that um if they do that if they show up at all that number's way too low um the arkansas razorbacks are on the road taking on the crimson tide Ooh, boy alabama's favored by 19 and a half the schedule makers did them no favors oh, at all gosh. no favors at all um rough sledding rough little patch here for my guy sam Pittman. Um, at LSU, Texas A&M on a neutral site, at Ole Miss, at Alabama, boom, 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 boom. Then they go home, they get Mississippi State at home, then they go to Florida before they even get a chance to catch their breath. Yeah. Um, look, I've said this a thousand times. I love Sam Pittman. I, I wish they would give him a little bit of little bit of time there. Uh, it's just hard to hold. I mean, good God. I mean, what a freaking schedule. Um Alabama, same kind of thing now. They, they second half, they've put together stretches of really good football. I'm talking about really good football. Can they do, can they put, when can they put together four quarters of dominant football? That's the question. Last week, I felt it was a half, very similar to what they did. They, I mean, te- even Texas, they lose, but they had a third quarter that they look good. You know, yeah. they've, they've played elite in stretches. They, Alabama has, it, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. Alabama has to figure out how to play 60 minutes of dominant football. Kind of like what Georgia did last last week. They played 60 minutes of dominant football. Arkansas, injury bug. I mean, they're beat up. They got to find a way to consistently move the football. Don't know how. After watching what I watched, I'm just going to be real here. Watching what I watched in person Saturday, and I was down on the field the last seven minutes or so. Yeah. It's just not a well-coached offensive team. They've had they're so beat up up front too, man. I mean, they're. I think they went back. They tried something to start the first half against Ole Miss, and then switched. Then back. switched back at halftime. They did. They did look a little better, but like they're running the slow mesh stuff, and he doesn't have time to breathe, man. They're no. on top of him, like, and I don't know. And I, that's a reflect. See, to me, gotta figure something and out. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing the bloodthirsty thing because I. I don't know Sam Pittman. What I see of him, I like him. Um, I know people who know him, and they say, to a man, what, what a good guy he is. I don't doubt that for a minute. He seems like a first-class guy. He's great with media. 
But you're an offensive line coach. That's your calling card, that and recruiting. And when your line looks like that up front, all the procedure penalties and the jumps and the things that are happening with them, it does beg the question. They brought him in in 2020. They had not won it in fairness to him, and I think this is important. In fairness to him, his predecessor didn't win a game in the league. Arkansas had like, I don't know what the number was. I don't remember. It's like 17 straight league losses. But he was there a year and a half. He got fired in the middle of year two. But before that, Bielema had lost Bielema a bunch lost in a row. Straight. So before that, and he inherited a different style and all that stuff. And then he won a few games in 2020. And in 2021, I think they won nine games. They went to the Outback Bowl, won it. Uh, and then last year, they started falling off. You Look, you at places like Arkansas, Mississippi State, places like that, you can't lose that home non-conference game. You just can't. It's like the NFL, can't lose home games. And they lost to Liberty. They lost to Liberty. Then they lose to Brigham Young this year. Those are the losses that are killing him. Yeah. He's not he, If he gets to a place where they go to change, it's not going to be because he lost a close game at LSU. It's not going to be because he lost a close game at Ole Miss. It's not going to be because he couldn't beat A&M a couple of times. It's not. He's going to lose his job if he loses it because he lost to Liberty, because he lost to to uh, Brigham Young, because he loses games against league teams that they view they should win. And and so, But the question they've got is right here. Once you decide, hey, we got to make a move. What do you, uh, where do you go from there, right? Where do you go from there? Where do you, who do you bring in, and what resources are they going to have to compete in a divisionless SEC where you're going to have games all the time against Texas, Oklahoma, Texas A and M, LSU, Ole Miss, Alabama. Well, I guess they'll probably escape the Alabama thing a little bit, which will be good news for them, but. That's their thing. They have they've got to decide. They've got to do the they've got to make the resource decision. Yeah. All right. In a game, uh probably one of the top two games I'll be watching this week. I'm excited about Texas AM on the road at Tennessee. Feels like a big game for Jimbo Fisher, doesn't Huge it? Huge game. I think uh Tennessee is favored by three. Give a little hint. This is gonna be on the old sheet on Make It Rain Thursday. Um Okay. I think Texas AM is a better football team. I do. I think they match up well. Um, I may. I mean, I'm just gonna. I like this game. I, I like Texas A&M in this game. I'm just not sold on Tennessee, man. I'm not. Um, defense travels. I think they're good enough on defense to slow them down. Uh, when they've played good defenses against them, they've stru- Tennessee struggled. Um, I don't think this will be the best team Tennessee's played so far this year. And I, I think Texas a and is battle tested. The trick is, can Texas A&M get off the mat? That's the trick. Can they get off of the mat? If they can get off the if they can get off the mat, I think Texas A and M gives Tennessee all they want and then some. I think they go into Knoxville and win. Wow, be a big win for him because the loss and things start getting rumbly. It gets weird. Rum, it it starts getting really weird because they still have trips to Ole Miss and LSU on the schedule. And then you start talking about what we were talking about earlier with dissension in the see, locker room you're about to see across a lot of locker rooms we're getting that time of the year in the sec where mm-hmm. we're adding a couple of losses yep and dissension in the locker room is a real thing i've heard it myself from coaches it's yeah. a real thing and it's starting to happen but can the people get off the mat if you t- if there was no such thing as nil right now i would i would feel great about texas a&m going in there that's my worries hey they got two losses they're out of the national picture 
still in the SEC picture a little bit, but we're out of the national yeah. picture. You can't lose another one in the SEC. Right. So that's when it gets weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're the better football team. I okay. do. Interesting. Um, to go there. All right. Uh, Florida at South Carolina. Another interesting game. Okay. You got South Carolina's like two and something. They're two and four, maybe. Is that right? Yeah. They're not, they're down. Uh, Florida's four and two. Okay. If you look at records, whatever, this is one of those <laughs> trap games where if you look at the records and all that stuff, uh, I mean, I'm going to watch it. I think it's going to be a sloppy game. I don't know what I think about Florida. They, well, they just struggle on the road. They got to figure out the road deal. Uh, they 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 play well at home. They're one of these teams that's turned out to play really well at home. They play like crap on the road. They got to get that part figured out. Um, they've they've been like that the whole time. Austin, thanks for the super chat. He says, "Is is Jimbo gone with a loss this week?" I mean, well, not this week, but I mean that would be three losses. Yeah, that's a lot. I don't think he's gone regardless. I, I just don't see how you can justify paying a guy sixty million dollars to walk away i know you made that bed you're gonna have to lay in it hitting the reset button isn't always the the best answer well and here's the question at a&m too right who's next yeah who's who's the guy a&m has this really lofty impression of itself and i get it they have phenomenal facilities they have tons of money i get it 100 they're and jimbo's recruited at a really high level but who's Coming in, who's the guy that's the surefire thing who walks into College Station and says, all right, I'm taking this 8-4 and four program, and frankly, they're more of a 7-5 and five program. 8-4 and four just comes looks more like A&M than 7-5 and five does. Who's, who's coming in and making this 7.5 win program a 10.5 win program? Who's the guy that walks in the door and adds three wins a year to the schedule? I'm not saying that guy doesn't exist. But how do you know he's coming to Texas A&M? And what's it going to cost you? There's the question, right? And so, right? So you're going to pay him 60-plus million to walk away, and then you have to pay the next guy because I'm assuming the only way you're doing this is if you're hiring some big-name guy. That's going to cost – that's already making a ton of money. That's going to cost more money than what you were paying him. You're, you're going in the hole twice. You know, and then- so we're talking, about, we're talking about Dan Lanning here. We're talking about we're talking about the cat at Washington. We're talking about some guy that's some big name guy that's going to walk in. The fans are going to be, oh yes, here's here's more of my money, sir, for NIL. Who's that guy, and how do you know that person's going to take it? Yeah. I, I don't think you do, right? I mean, who's who's coming? Yeah, no, who's I, the guy? I'm, and that, but and that's the part that's the part of these decisions that never gets talked about enough. It's always just fire him, he failed, he failed, he failed. Okay, well, then the moment you fire him, you know where I'm going with this. The moment you fire <laughs> it's not him, his problem. you fire him at 301, effective 302, it's not his fault anymore. Now, you can't keep blaming him. I mean, you can, but if you're going to fix it, the new clock starts now and you better start because you, can't, you don't have him to whip anymore. So you just bring the next guy in. And they did this with Kevin Sumlin. They did it with the person before and the person before. They, they don't exactly have a run of national titles under their belt. And that's become the expectation there because of NIL and all the money that they have to go out and sign and all that stuff. I mean, maybe you maybe you need to take a different look in the mirror. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I just don't think you – I don't think that's, it's time. All right, uh, my Auburn Tigers, do you notice what really happened is the real reason we came back to MPW Digital is I wanted to get, I wanted to get beat up for uh, – I wanted to get a, an advanced week of getting beat up for next week. I'm going to take next week off. I don't know if I told you yet or not. Well, I'm taking next week off. It's fine with me. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I, I'm off the end of last of next week, so you can't be I'm, too. I'm disappearing. 
All right, uh, Auburn at LSU. LSU is favored by 11 points. Um, I have a really sneaky suspicion this game's going to be really close. Really? I do. Okay. Um, because LSU's defense is so bad? Because LSU runs man free, and that's what they run all day long. All right, when you run a quarterback run system, okay, do you remember in 2019 when LSU was pretty good? Dave Aranda came in here. They were pretty good that year. Arguably, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, 2019, yes. yes that's yes, Joe, yes. Burrow, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase Justin Jefferson. Pretty good, solid, solid, spunky bunch they had rolling here from Baton Rouge. Pretty solid. Dave Aranda played man free. He refused to get out of it. And I also don't even know if you remember, is they could not stop quarterback run yeah. because we were able to formational and motion them and things like that. Okay, well, Hugh Freeze knows how to do that. I think they've got some things established in the running game, especially what he did offensively last week. He's had a bye week. Okay, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a little bit more of uh, Holden Griner this week. Oh, I think he's had a week to do that. I think Hughes going to be involved a little bit more. The freshman's the best quarterback. I think that's no secret coming out of there. It's just a matter of is he ready or not. Here's the problem, the bigger problem with Auburn. If they can't get it done this week, Neil, it's probably not going to get done. I don't know the number. I have to go back and look. I don't know if they've thrown for over 100 yards in a football game all year long. If they can't throw for over 100 yards in this game, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, LSU's got the worst rush defense in the league. Part of it's their problem as far as getting formation and getting out of gaps and things like that, going unbalanced and two cruisers and things like that. I I, I think this game is close because Auburn's going to be able to run the football. Um, I Nobody's stopping LSU on offense. So I think you're looking at a, you know, very similar to um, last week, probably a high 20s. I think Auburn gets to 28. I think LSU beats them, but I, I think it's a cl- very close game. If you told me Auburn upset them, I wouldn't be shocked. Like I'm, I think it's that. I think it's going to be that close because of the matchup. Okay. All right, last game: uh, Missouri at Kentucky. Kentucky's favored by two by two and a half. This is literally the game we've been talking about all year long. I'm not talking about this particular game. You got two teams that were undefeated last week. They both got tough losses. Yeah. All right, you got to flush it, man. And you got to move on because if you're six and one coming out of this game, you're hey we're back, baby. Sure, we're back. If you're five and two, you're like man, we started off hot, now we've lost two straight. Yeah, this is a big game for both programs. Agreed, hundred percent. And I, I'm I'll be watching for that. Um, I like Kentucky in this game minus two and a half. I think they're a better football team. I think Kentucky will. Uh, I think they actually you're going to see a little bit more of what you saw against Florida against Missouri. I think it's a little bit different matchup. I think our, our good friend. Dr. Ray gets running wild. Okay. I can see that. That'd be, it is, that is a good game. Yeah. I'm interested in that one. Hand, right. Handful of national games to All look right, at. Real quick. Yeah, yeah I'm not we'll, going to take long. We'll roll through them. Just mentioning this, I'm okay. excited. Tonight, I'll be watching. We've got three games on tonight. Uh, Jacksonville State is hosting, or Jacksonville State are fighting Rich Rodriguez's. Yep. Are hosting Liberty. Two quick you clients. Liberty is a recent quick you client. Uh, but here's – I know you haven't seen it. I loved it. I've been I've been texting back and forth with him. I actually texted him earlier while we were on the show. Uh, Rich Rods, they they changed the logo for the helmets tonight. They're going white lo- white helmets, and they got a red logo like this chicken. He he called it the ass-kicking chicken. <laughs> He's got it. And they tweeted out there. They're, they're, they're all in on Rich Rods. This is, this is for Conference USA. Liberty's undefeated. They're, uh, Jacksonville State's undefeated in the league. Whoever wins this game is going to have – I mean, how awesome would that be for Rich Rodney's first year at FBS to win freaking Conference USA? Now, are they bowl eligible this year? All right, so here's the trick. All right, technically, no. 
But in the, in the event that there's not enough bowl eligible teams, they would be the first one okay. to get, which there hasn't been the last couple of years. So they would they would get it before one of these APR bowls. Gotcha. So technically no, but possibility yes. Okay. But that's still he's done, he's just now going eighty five. Are they eligible to play for the conference title? Yes, they, they'll no. Uh, uh-uh. they don't have. I don't think they have a game though. I think it's a regular season. Deal. Okay. They restructured everything. All right, the big, the really the three big national games, Neil, Oregon and Washington. Um, Can't wait for that one. Probably my favorite game of the week. Um, what I do you think th- that game's at two thirty? It is. I'm going to miss it. Um, Are you really? Yeah, I'll be in Memphis. Um, TiVo it. I will. No, I will record it for sure. Here's the. I say TiVo. Nobody TiVos anymore. My kids get mad at me. I say that all the time. It's not TiVo. I know what dad. you mean. It's it DVR. Doesn't, dad. It doesn't matter. Um, Bo Nix can he do it on the road? He's struggled on the road. Yeah. Since he's been at Oregon, they had to come back and beat Texas Tech on the road. Washington is a real deal. These are two really good teams. If you, they, in my opinion, which I buy you a cup of coffee the next time you come through, these are the two best teams in the Pac-12. I think this is. I think the winner of this game will probably run the table, barring some kind of weird matchup or falling asleep on the road. Uh, two really good teams. Uh, Got to give Washington the edge playing at home, but I think I think Oregon's a better football team. I just don't know with them being on the road. I think this is a true, in my opinion, this is a true pick 'em. Yeah, I agree. So, if I was putting line, I'd do that. What's your early thought on USC Notre Dame? All right, Notre Dame is favored by three points. They're tired. And they're exhausted. USC cannot stop anyone. Can't stop a nosebleed. So, Hartman's going to get his yards. They're going to get their points. He's going to get his. Can they do anything at all defensively against Caleb Williams and company? If they can, they'll win the game. It depends on who's playing. Who's You know, they've been beat up a little bit on offense. Uh, USC, they played with their food last week. I don't know. It's going to be a nutty environment. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a rivalry already. If they, you know, obviously, but this is a big game. If USC can find a way to win this game, I think everybody's kind of just lost touch with them. They're so bad on defense. You got the best player in college football. They don't even consider them a, a possibility. His of, his stats this year are oh, incredible. They're incredible. He is insane. He, I mean, he is. He's that good. He's that guy. He is the best player in college football. It's not even particularly close. Um, but they can't stop anybody. Um, I think I like Notre Dame here. I don't know yet. I, I go, I'm going to do some more studying before we get back on here on Thursday, but um, probably the over. It just depends on how what the total ends up being. All right. Miami at North Carolina is yeah. another really interesting game. Miami, getting past that is going to be difficult. If you would have – this was a spot that if that doesn't happen last week, I'm probably all over Miami and the points this week. Probably all over it. Um, North Carolina's favored by three and a half. I'm probably all over Miami in the points if we just take a knee. Can't that was bad. There was some there was some there's probably some issues in the locker room. There's probably some dissension. I just don't know how they're gonna respond to that. So the offensive coordinator suddenly eats it, but come on. Come on. It's just come on. It's not good, man. No. And, and I love North I'll just go tell you, I love North Carolina here. All right, so I'll go ahead and tell you, Tez has autographed a photo from a Crady and Siski podcast from last guy. week. It's my guy. It's being mailed to us, and we're going to put it up. We're going to put it. it up. Picture of him and his mom after the game. Yep. Autographed to us. We got that done pretty quick. I'm pumped. They took care of business. He, got, it, he caught six balls. It was awesome. Yeah, I was genuinely – everybody was like, man, that was like a rant out of nowhere. I'm like, no, it wasn't. That was – Total BS. I'm glad the kid got to play. I'm glad he had a big day. I'm glad his, his mama looks so happy in the picture. She looks so proud. I'm excited for them. It was cool. I'm, I'm 
kind of a just UNC fan the rest of the way on this season. I, I hope he has a special year. Yeah, that's going to be a um, interesting game. It kind of makes you feel. I went from beforehand thinking that I would have probably taken Miami of the points that I, I might that I'm switching the other way to where North Carolina may blow them out. You may have a you may have something like you had last week. Like I think they may. It could be this could be a, a big moment for North Carolina. It's kind of what I think. And look. Nobody's talking about North Carolina. I know. You know I, what their record is? They're undefeated. Yeah, I was going to say they're six and zero, right? They're undefeated. Or five and zero, six and zero. Yeah. No, I mean, look. And and you're going to end up with it, like so. If you win this game, okay, you win this game, things start looking. But UNC Florida good. State game starts getting big. Yeah, they're starting. There's a couple games that start getting really big on the schedule, and you can find a way. Are you going to keep an undefeated? I don't. Oh think no, 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 no! An undefeated, undefeated ACC, ACC champ is in, they're in this year. One hundred percent. Just like an undefeated Pac-12 champ. One hundred percent is in. The questions become: What happens to a one-loss ACC champ? What happens to a one-loss Pac-12 champ? What happens in the Big Twelve if Texas wins the rematch? And Texas you, would be in. You've got twelve and one Texas. What happens to eleven and one Oklahoma? Those are the those are the questions. Yeah. No, I think a, I think because of who they've played, Texas for sure, they got a win over Alabama, they're in. Agreed. Florida State's let's say Florida State's the one, whatever now the LSU wins starting to look less and less and less right. as we go on. But Pac twelve, one loss. I I think the Pac twelve gets in regardless. I agree. I think Big Ten gets in regardless. No question. SEC gets in regardless. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if the question becomes if a uh the ACC, I think, would have to go undefeated. I don't think a one loss would get in over a one loss. The question would be what would happen to a 12 and 1 Georgia that lost to a 11 and 1 Alabama in an SEC title game. Alabama, Alabama would, would get in with Georgia at no. 12 and 1. That's, They're not going to put two SEC teams in this year. I agree. It's not happening. I think you're right. It is not Completely happening. Completely agree. Not happening. No way. It's the irony of the whole thing is this is going to be the year that it would have blown up and they've already kind of quasi fixed it. I'll go as far as to say this. You could end up in a situation to where, let's say, Texas comes back and beats uh, and wins the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Alabama goes and beats an undefeated Georgia. SEC could be left out of the playoffs because they're going to put Texas in before they put Alabama yeah, in. Yeah, Texas won in Tuscaloosa. You may have a year when no SEC teams go because Alabama's getting better. Interesting. It could be interesting. That's all I got today, boss. All right. We'll, uh, we'll stop it there. Thanks to everybody for being in the stream. Good to see all of you uh, back. Saw some familiar faces that we hadn't seen in a little while. So uh, thanks to you guys for it's being all here. Super Chat too. How about that? I know. How about that? We will be back on Thursday. We'll make our picks for the week. Our make it rain, rain picks, uh, and we'll, we'll take one more uh, one more look at some of the games coming up uh, this week. And uh, I guess that's it. So thanks again to our people at our friends, I should say, at Rain Total Body Fuel. Uh, look them up on Instagram at Rain. Body fuel to learn more. Also, thank you to everybody in the Cooper Chevrolet chat. It was good to see all you guys there. Make sure the truck season has been extended at Cooper Chevrolet through October the 16th. This might be your last chance to get a super low 3.9% financing for 72 months on the new Chevy Silverado crew cabs and no payments for 90 days at Cooper Chevrolet in Aniston. Go to cooperchevrolet.com for details. For Tyler, I'm Neil. Talk to you guys on Thursday. Bye. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. 
My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.